0: Welcome to Thursday's programme How are you today? How are you having a good day? It's a glorious one again in the northwest. I hope it's uh, fine and dandy where you are It's the BBG with you, well till around about 7 o'clock I think 7 o'clock, yeah I think so, today I look forward to hearing from you through Twitter and through the contact form on richieallen.co.uk
1: It's the BBG, not the BBC you're listening to the Richie Allen Radio Show, live from Salford in Greater Manchester.
2: It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie
0: Allen. Now, I had a very interesting email yesterday from Chris Mallon. Chris is a very successful professional bass player with over 20 years of experience and he's toured with everybody he's written songs for the likes of Kylie Minogue and Jamiroquai and others he sent me a fascinating email well about his own experience of COVID about the impact lockdown has had on the industry the mental well-being of musicians and much more besides I invited Chris on the program he'll join me a little bit later on before then I'm going to chat with you about some of the biggest stories making the headlines today in the UK and elsewhere as well. So BBG Richie, that's the Twitter thing. Contact me through the website as well if you don't do Twitter. Yeah, it's lovely today. Lovely, it's lovely. And it's even nicer in studio. Lovely and still. I'm like a big child still. Might take me some time to get over that, you know. I do mean it when I ask, how are you, by the way? Do let me know. Anything you'd like to get off your chest, do let me know. I, I will be sympathetic. I may even be empathetic. I'll never be sarcastic. Not with you, anyway. That much, I-, I promise. I promise you. Now, where shall we start today? Where shall we start today? Well, there's only one place to start, I suppose. Donald Rumsfeld, who was the US Defence Secretary not once, not thrice, but twice. He served George W. Bush, didn't he? And also Gerald Ford, if memory serves me. He's dead, anyway. At 88, he's dead. He served under Bush during the so-called War on Terror and the invasion of Iraq. A dreadful, dreadful, dreadful man. He's up there with Tony Blair in terms of his evilness. A horrible man who oversaw, not only did he oversee, but authorised the torture of mostly innocent men that were basically rounded up in Afghanistan and Iraq and taken to Guantanamo Bay. Evil incarnate is Rumsfeld, and he's dead now. His family said he died in the town of Teos, New Mexico. And they said that history may remember him for his extraordinary accomplishments. Sure, history will. Sadly, of course, it won't. Sadly for them, it won't. Uh, Rumsfeld, just in case you've forgotten who this dickhead was.
3: There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown, unknowns—the ones we don't know we don't know.
4: <laughs> Excuse me, but
0: is this an unknown unknown?
4: Uh, just, I'm not several unknowns, and I'm, I'm, just I'm
0: not going—I'm not going to
3: say which it is.
0: Scumbag, a prophetic scumbag, though here he is speaking to Adam Bolton in 2011. Prophetic.
2: The right signal is to prevail and that uh, these
3: uh, despots are not immortal, that they in fact are mortal.
0: And yeah, despots are mortal.
3: And that they don't necessarily last forever, particularly once the, uh, the West is engaged.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you a known known, it's pretty fucking hot where you are now, rummy. I was Rumsfeld speaking to Adam Bolton in 2011. I would have thought that right about now Satan is using a croquet mallet to hammer bowling balls up Rumsfeld's rectum. But then I have learned this afternoon that Lucifer is a bit more creative than that. When Rumsfeld arrived in hell last night, he asked the devil what he had in store for him, and the devil said, "Up the ramp up to your ass." Drive a Lionel up in there. What was that? I'll build a ramp up to your ass.
4: Drive a Lionel up in there.
0: The devil said, I'll build a ramp up to your ass and drive a Lionel up in there. What's a Lionel, dear listener? I'm presuming it's a massive big American car. The Americans and their cars, eh? Farewell, Rummy. It's not nice. It's not very... It's not very... I don't know. I can't find the term magnanimous is not the term. It's not very decent to be taking pleasure in the thoughts that somebody might be burning in hell. It's not nice, that. Might have to go to therapy. But um, I had a moment last night. A lot I know about Donald Rumsfeld. I could do an entire programme on him. Anywho, six minutes past five o'clock. It seems the harassment of England's Chief Medical Officer, Chris Whitty, wasn't staged after all. You staged mongers. I've got listeners who are staged mongers. Hoax mongers. Doesn't matter what happens. It's a hoax. And they were telling me gleefully over the last couple of days that the manhandling of Chris Whitty on Sunday at St. James's Park in London was in fact staged. Well, it doesn't look like it was. And it also because I am humble. It also looks like it wasn't motivated by hostility towards Whitty. A man has come out and apologised uh, over the manhandling of Whitty. The guy's name is Lewis Hughes. And Lewis is from Romford. And he spoke to the son or the scum, as it is known in these parts. And he said he was very sorry for any upset that he caused. You must have seen the video by now. It shows a couple of blokes laughing and jeering as they grab a hold of Whitty. Witty struggles to extricate himself from the two lads. He eventually does. And the Met Police said they spoke to the men involved. But this guy, Lewis Hughes, who's 24 years old and works or worked, as an estate agent, he told The son that he had lost his job following the incident that he was fired. And he said, if I made Witty, Professor Witty, feel uncomfortable, which it looks like I did, I am sorry to him for that. His pal, a guy called Jonathan Chu, also 24, said, well, we just wanted a selfie, that's all. <laughs> The guy Chew said that he had ADHD and autism. wonder, did he have the MMR jab back in the day? Maybe he did. He said, sometimes things seem like a good idea and really they're not. So what do you make of Lewis Hughes being fired then? I reckon he might be in line for a bit of compensation. The employment lawyer Gillian Howard certainly thinks so. Speaking to GB News a little bit earlier today, she said well, this is pretty cut and dry. It's unfair dismissal. Uh, the law uh,
1: states that every employee should be protected from unfair dismissal. Now, a dismissal can be fair if the misconduct alleged happened during the employment or was connected with the employment. This has nothing to do with employment. Um, there's ACAS, uh, an ACAS code of practice which says that if an employee is charged with or convicted of a criminal offence, then an employer has to be incredibly careful. It doesn't give an employer an automatic right to dismiss someone. This man has not been charged with or convicted of a criminal offence. It's something he did, yes, very stupidly, but outside employment. And before he was dismissed, there was nothing in the newspapers about his employer's name uh, his employer can hardly argue that their reputation would have been harmed and therefore had a reason to dismiss i have to say alistair and mercy because you're very well known tv personalities that might be different with you because you represent yourself as a very well-known and respected journalist, both of you, and news presenters, um, (laughs) and therefore your employer is almost inextricably connected with you. But this man is not known. His employer's name was never in the newspapers before he was dismissed. And even if it was, they would have to show that there was a real risk of serious reputational damage and harm to the business and that is complete nonsense.
0: Absolutely. Gillian Howard, the, the company has absolutely no right to fire him. None whatsoever. That'll be an interesting one to follow. It's ten minutes past five. It's your BBG with you because it's Thursday. Now, Princess Diana would have been 60 today. Uh, the Brothers Grimm unveiled a statue of her a bit earlier on at Kensington Palace. Is that right? Uh, to be fair to them, they didn't appear grim. Not that I give a a rat's arse about the two of them, but the media is certainly obsessed by the two of them. Um, Was she murdered? I did my level best today to reach out to a couple of authors who have written books, interesting books, about why they think that Diana was in fact murdered and why British intelligence was involved and maybe even elements of the royal family. But it didn't work out. But I would have liked to have gotten into that. What do you think about... I suppose I'm asking you... I'm asking you a stupid question. (laughs) That's a stupid question. What do you think? Was she murdered? Was she? Was she? Max? It was murder. It was murder. No doubt about it. I remember watching Keith Allen's movie. Unlawful Killing, it might be called. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I do believe you can watch it pretty easily online these days. Going to jump around a few stories, one or two anyway, before we uh, before we get to hard COVID news. <laughs> I don't want to do that to you. I want to, I want to spare you, you see, some days from it. But maybe it's me I want to spare. I'm tired of it as well. Well, this is absolute horse manure. This COVID is coming... COVID is common, we were told today, in Pet, Cats and Dogs. What
3: kind of fuckery is this?
0: Yes, apparently your dog or your cat might have, in fact, no, probably has COVID. Fido and, 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 what do they call cats these days? It's been so long since we had cats. I love cats, by the way. I love cats and dogs. I'm neither a cat or a dog person. I am both. I love our furry friends. Our cats were called... My, my cat was called Diablo. And Lizzie, our cats. What do they call cats these days? Our dog is called Leia. Yes, they swabbed 310 pets in 196 houses where a human infection had been detected. Six cats and seven dogs came back, returned a positive PCR test. While 54 animals... Tested positive for virus antibodies. So somebody from Utrecht University, Utrecht University, yeah. I can smell the gange from here. Somebody called Dr. Elsbruns. Elsbruns said, if you have COVID, if you have COVID now, you should avoid contact with your cat or dog, just as you would do with other people. No tickling the belly of your cat or playing with that little toy you play with your cat or your dog or whatever because you could give the COVID to the doggy. and the doggy could go to the local park and infect everybody. Now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, it's bullshit, but anyway, you know. Let's give your dogs and cats a PCR test. We know, you and me, that, well, you could find covid in a ham sandwich if you use the pcr test and that's been proven by the way that's been proven this is the richie allen show live from salford 13 minutes past five lots to come between now and seven o'clock here's the boss from the 1984 album born in the usa bruce springsteen dancing in the dark on the richie allen show Oh, yeah. It's all good. It's all good, man. It's not good at all, is it? Harfin tweeted me, How you doing, Harfin? Richie, at school, my children's assemblies have been cancelled for a long time. They tell me they have been replaced with daily news round screening. That programme is much the same as BBC News at six. They ignore the COVID stuff, But the effect must still be there. Yes, the BBC has produced and broadcast a programme aimed at children, a news programme aimed at children called Newsround for decades now. When I was a young boy, it was presented by John Craven. And Harfin says that his child's school, the assemblies have been cancelled and the kids are being shown daily Newsround episodes. That's interesting, Harfin. Thank you for that, by the way, faisal got in touch to say that, and he's not alone that he finds it surprising that Chris Witty, the country's chief medical officer england c m o would be out and about walking alone by himself. It's possible it's possible that they wouldn't feel that it was that that necessary to protect Whitty or to have protection detail on him. It's possible you know he's 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 neither a politician he's not a politician he's not an mp he's not um, military he's 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 a professor of medicine allegedly listen i don't know i'm not telling you the way it is i never tell you the way it is i tell you to keep an open mind it sounds or seems reasonable to me that Witty would be out strolling by himself some of the time anyway you know You know. Stefano says, Do I need to be jabbed to listen to the boss on this programme, Richie? No. But you do need to be jabbed if you go and see him in New York. That's true. (laughs) That's true, but I still love old Brucey, And I just can't uh, divorce myself from him. And that's just the way it is. Linda says, Richie, dogs are probably picking up the Rona like Billy-O from all the discarded masks and gloves kicking around the streets. It's a terrible thing to behold, by the way. It is in Salford. Every few steps, every few steps, every few metres, there is a discarded mask, discarded gloves. It's disgusting. It really is, you know. Who do you blame for that? Hmm, yeah, mm. John in Austin in Texas... How are you, John Ritchie? I sang a song for Diana at three thirty a.m. outside Westminster Abbey Cathedral. It went out live on ABC television back in America, back in the day, back in nineteen ninety-seven, in August. Charlie says his cats called Tiddles, Jesus, Mary, and Holy Saint Joseph. Charlie, but thanks anyway. Alan says not surprising the guy lost his job for manhandling witty. I did lean towards it being used to curtail confronting public servants. Maybe. You see, maybe. Keep an open mind. I just get fed up with the Egypts, you know, who tell you they know everything. Everything is staged, everything is a hoax. You know what I do with those Egypts when I get bombarded? I mute them so they can go on screaming all they want on Twitter about how I'm an idiot for not knowing any better. You're an idiot, Alan. You're a shoe. You must know it's staged. Mute. That's you. I don't see you ever again. And you keep tweeting me like a dipstick. You know? I keep an open mind. I know less now than I did when I was 18. I know far less now than I did when I was 18 and when I was 25. I've learned that much. I know nothing. Reiner Fuelmish, Richie. Reiner Fuelmish uh, Reiner Fuelmish is not going to see anybody in court ever. Ever. About PCR testing. I've been telling you this for weeks, but you don't believe me. I'm not trying to burst your bubble. I'm not trying to bring him down, man. I'm just telling you what I think. He's not going to get anywhere with it. But you believe what you want, though, because it's a free world. Eva says, Richie, I don't know what's going on, but yesterday I had to refresh your page several times while you were broadcasting. It kept crashing so many times. I can tell you the answer. And if I do, you'll think I'm bragging. But I'll tell you the answer. Um we, we've got more than 200,000 people listening every 15 minutes. And the problem with that is, is that the company who, which hosts the, the, the program, they're doing their level best to assign me extra bandwidth uh, to to accommodate the listeners. And they're trying to do that without charging me too much more money because I paid them a fortune already. It's not the most listened to independent radio show in Europe, it's the most listened to independent radio show in the world. I'm not bragging, it's just a fact. So sometimes you're going to get kicked out. We're working on it. We're working on it. We'll get it fixed soon by we, I mean myself and my California-based streaming company. It's nice to be uh it's nice that so many people have found the program in the last 12 months. We averaged, I suppose the live show averaged around sixty-five to 70,000 listeners every live show, which was amazing, by the way. I thought that was amazing anyway. It's um, gone up by, well, 65, 70%. No, it's not. It's gone up 120, 130% in the last year as people are desperately looking for something a bit different around the scam. That's the way it is. But I am working on it and it won't happen for much longer, that you'll have to refresh. All right? All right. 22 minutes past five. It's time to talk COVID. COVID. Just a little bit. Uh, the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson was at a Nissan plant today announcing new investment from the company that will result in thousands of jobs, allegedly. Anyway, while up there, he had holiday news for the double jabbed. He had holiday news for those people who were silly enough to get to jabs. You will hear the reporter first.
2: Also frustrated are those who've had double vaccines waiting for a dividend from this. They've done what you've asked. They've got their jabs. They still can't go on holiday. Will they be able to travel from the 26th of July as is reported? I'm very confident that, Paul, I'm very confident that the uh, the double jabs uh, will be a, a liberator uh, and they will enable uh, people to, uh, to travel. Uh, We'll be sending out a a lot more about the detail of that in in the course of of July, in the the course of the next uh, few days, about how we see it working, but there's no doubt at all that once you've got two jabs, uh, you are uh, in a a much better position. Obviously, as as everybody can see, we'll we'll be going forward in the autumn uh, with an extra vaccination programme, a a booster programme for the more vulnerable, just to give us that extra insulation, that extra security that we need but certainly to answer your, your point everybody who's frustrated about uh, travel over the summer a uh, uh, double jabs will be a liberator but I
0: want to re- double jabs will be a liberator liberator
2: but I want to repeat a point that I've made before and I hope people will forgive me if I say that um, I do want uh, obviously I want travel to be to be possible but I've got to stress that You know, this year will not be like every other
0: year. Yeah, yeah, this year won't be like every other year, blah, 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 blah. The double jabs will be a liberator. Things won't be hassle-free, he goes on to say. Then the reporter asks him a question about Freedom Day.
2: On the 19th, are you going to have the courage of your convictions and say, distancing will go, masks will go, it will actually be normal, rather than a, 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 a neutered version of real life? I know how impatient people are to to get back to total normality, as indeed uh, am I, and uh, we will be setting out, I'll be setting out in the course of the next few days, what uh, step four will look like exactly. But I think, I've I've, I've said it before, uh, we'll be wanting to to go back uh, to a world that is as close to the the status quo uh, anti-Covid as possible.
0: A world that is as close to the status quo anti-Covid as possible. Now, I can talk bollocks with the best of them, but this is beautiful.
2: The status quo uh, anti-Covid as possible. Try to get back to life as close to... uh,
0: uh, As close to.
2: It was before Covid. But there may be some things we have to to do, uh, some extra... Uh, precautions that we have to take, but Mm. I'll be setting all that
0: out. I'll be setting it all out. So in the coming days, they will set it all out. The extra things we might need to do beyond July 19th. The puppet masters that control Johnson because none of this is Johnson's doing. None of it. You have to understand that. You wouldn't be here now if you didn't understand that. You wouldn't be listening to this programme. He's a puppet doing what he is told to do. They have no intention of the world going back to normal. That will only happen... When enough of us say, enough's enough. And turn our backs on them. Caroline says, I would like to give Bojo an extra piece of my mind. Thank you, Caroline. Uh, David says, I reckon shitty witty was on the prowl for a puppy to drown. (laughs) (laughs) Anyone know what's happened? or I can't read that out. uh, Because I might know and I can't read it out because I can't. Uh, Faisal says, you're you're probably right, Richie, about uh, fuel mish. Not getting to court, but in doing what he is doing, he exposes to a larger public, particularly the Germans. Uh, he exposes the people who are above the law and that the feudal era we are in. Fair enough. Fair enough. And Dora tweeted something about dogs. Richie, with our pets, they are going to eventually take them away due to the infection. It's obvious. They are not shoving Q-tips up the noses of these poor animals, are they? If so, they are killing our dogs and cats just like the rest of us says dora alice look don't panic i'm not certain they're going to come for our dogs don't panic right if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i don't see that happening and i've got to say a big hello to tom and deb's how you doing tom and deb's Tom and Debs are tuning into this programme live today. Thank you for your show, Richie. It gives us hope and strength that we're going to beat this. Please give us a shout out and make our day. Tom and Debs are in a caravan in Wales. Have a lovely holiday, Tom and Debs, and thanks for breaking off from your holiday to listen to this shite. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Good job. I fancy a caravan break myself. Okay, Robert Dingwall is a member of the Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, the JCVI. It is the JCVI which gives recommendations to the government, recommendations around who should get vaccinated and when. Now the JCVI is currently considering whether 12 to 18 year olds should receive the jab. Now what's very interesting about this is, yesterday Robert Dingwall took to Twitter to tweet this. I quote him word for word. Teenagers are at intrinsically low risk from COVID. Vaccines must be exceptionally safe to beat this. Given the low risk of COVID for most teenagers, it is not immoral to think that they may be better protected by natural immunity generated through infection than by asking them, to take the possible risk of a vaccine in very plain English and I know you're not stupid but I'm going to say it anyway in plain English this guy says maybe it's best if the kiddies get COVID because it won't do any damage to them at all and they'll get natural immunity and that might be better than giving them the vaccine which might do them harm very good Robert Dingwall. He went on to say that the pandemic would end through population immunity, whether from vaccination or prior infection. Now on Newsnight last night on BBC Newsnight, SAGE member John Edmund, SAGE is the scientific advisory group on emergencies. SAGE is a group of witch doctors that is currently holding Boris Johnson and and Sajid Javid and everybody else, basically holding them hostage. Now don't, I don't mean that SAGE is the puppet master but the SAGE scientists are one rung above Johnson but they've got their own puppet masters, right, right. John Edmonds from SAGE told Newsnight last night the country should not fully reopen until all secondary school children are vaccinated. Yes. Lunatic. Madman. Belongs in a cell. The country shouldn't reopen until all secondary school kids are vaccinated, he said. This madman. Anyway, Julia Hartley-Brewer is a presenter for Talk Radio. This morning she spoke to a consultant cancer surgeon called James Royal. It was a very interesting chat indeed. Consultant cancer surgeon James Royal is not happy at the idea of jabbing children at all.
3: No, it's not. I think that's ethically abhorrent and uh, even if even if there was good evidence that that um the that vaccinating children was, was minimizing spread the reality is f- throughout this pandemic children have not been the spreaders of this they've not been the drivers of this, this epidemic and and i think it was, uh, so. a abhorrent thing when, when, when they were labelled granny killers because yeah. that's a horrendously horrendous uh, emotional psychological burdens put on children and they should have been hailed as protectors yeah
0: they were hailed as granny killers by the way weren't they we know they were hailed as granny killers remember
2: enjoy yourself and kill a granny is the answer
0: remember that don't kill granny remember that remember Jeremy Vine
2: what is
4: the point of seeing granny on Christmas day if you end up burying her in the new year
0: that's the fucking crap they were ramming down the throats of children that crap that they could kill granny yeah that rubbish and that's just three examples there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them yeah absolutely let's go back to this guy royal who's saying some interesting things he's an oncologist and he's not happy about jabbing the kiddies at all let's go back to him
3: the burdens put on children and they should have been hailed as protectors in our in our in our community because their natural immune mechanisms are dealing with covid so effectively um the, and vac, vac, a vaccine doesn't necessarily guarantee uh, uh, preventing spreads with other people it simply uh, ensures that you get a mild uh yes. form of the virus, va- which the, they
5: already have anyway
3: when you get it a vaccine doesn't give you some sort of you know, superhero suit that prevents you getting the infection, you still get it, you just get a mild form of it. And, yeah. and so your viral load is lower and therefore you may, may transmit but it. But
5: also, you're, you're, you've got better immunity, have you not, having already had
3: COVID? Correct, of course. And, and natural immunity is superior to vaccine-induced immunity. Yeah, um, and- it's, it's a
5: complicated business. I, I wonder which, where they're going to go. JCVI, of course, I mean, they've been talking about this for weeks. More and more of those members are coming out and saying they feel uncomfortable about this. It's very likely they'll come out and say, look, this is a political decision. But... But it really shouldn't be, is it? This is a serious ethical decision, isn't it? About there's one thing: MMR that protects children from diseases which harm children. And 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 you know, they're, they're, you know I've never even questioned for a moment that MMR was as safe as a, a vaccine could be, and was was necessary to protect my child and other children from childhood diseases. But again, I, I don't see that it's my job, my my child's job, to get a vaccine to protect her grandparents. I love my parents, but I don't think it's my child's job to protect them.
0: No, it isn't children's job. It isn't the job of children, I should say, to protect adults. But Julia, you haven't the first idea about the MMR jab. Or you do and you haven't got the ovaries to say it because it would be the end of your career. Anyhow, listen to what this guy says next, James Royal because it's very interesting indeed. I agree,
3: I I agree. And uh, uh, there's a huge issue of informed consent here. As a surgeon, I I, I carry out informed consent on a daily basis with with, with my patients. That's a process, it's a conversation. It's normally more than one conversation. So you give the patient time to make the decision to, come to, uh, to weigh up all the risks, mm. all the benefits, all their options, and then they, they have time to make that decision. And And that, that that consent for complex operation is done by me, not my juniors, because they need to be delivered that information in a way that they can understand and a way that's measured and reassuring, but at the same time is not shying away from the material risks of what I'm doing. Um, and the same should be applied to, to this vaccination. We are seeing um, harms of this vaccination in children uh, in 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 Israel, in ad, age male, sixteen to twenty, myocarditis one in six thousand. You know, uh, in the in the U.S. data, over two hundred, up to two hundred times the normal risk of of myocarditis for younger people. And the, this vaccine is not like previous vaccines. Yeah. It's immuno, immunologically active. It's biologically active. So we we have concerns about long term harms, which we simply cannot possibly know. Maybe maybe for years.
0: Yeah. This is brilliant, but but he gets cut off by Julia Hartley Brewer. And unless you know what's going on there, and I do, you miss it. It seems
3: it's immuno- immunologically active. It's yeah. biologically active. So... Uh, w- we we have concerns about long term harms, which long term harms from the jab, long term harms which we simply cannot possibly know, maybe
0: maybe for years. Yeah, for years because
5: we, because we've not had the, the vaccine that long exactly. And again, exactly. This no, is no, what no, actually- she
0: couldn't wait to shut him up, and then she ends the interview. Julia Hartley Brewer, the home of free speech, says, "Talk radio, what bollocks! It's not the home of free speech. Let him speak." Let him carry on. He was talking about long-term harms.
3: This vaccine is not like previous vaccines. Yeah. It's immuno- immunologically active. It's biologically active. So we we have concerns about long-term harms, which we simply cannot possibly know, maybe, maybe for years.
0: Yeah. yeah, play that with everybody you know, for everybody you know who's given you all of this crap about the vaccines being safe. This is a guy who works in the northeast. He's a renowned oncologist. And uh, he says, listen, vaccines, they're totally different. Biologically active, doing things to the body, long-term harms. You know, we haven't a clue. Might be very dangerous. Brewer jumps in to shut him down. Yeah, the home of free speech. My hairy backside. Shall we have a tune then before I carry on with my nonsense? I think we should. Uh, this time it's the House Martins and a a wonderful little two and a half minute little cut from nineteen eighty. Is it three? I think it might be. It's happy hour. The drinks are on me. Double Bacardi and Coke, please. Be Jesus. <laughs>
1: Richie Allen Show is the most listened-to, independent radio show in Europe. Show your support for this unique broadcaster by making a regular financial contribution. Just the price of a cup of coffee each month will make a massive difference. Visit richieallen.co.uk for details.
0: Please do support the independent media. Support this program. Think about what you would do if this program wasn't on every day at 5 o'clock. Now, you've known me long enough to know there isn't a trace of arrogance in that statement. Think about what you would do if you didn't have it. Support it, please. There is no advertisements here. There's no sponsorship. It's down to you to keep it going. On my website, there are PayPal details. There are bank account details. Please support it. It Doesn't have to be very much at all. The price of a cup of coffee, as the jingle said, every month is terrific. Support it. All right? Very rarely do that. I've just done it again. OK, let's move on. Adam Finn from the Joint Committee on Vaccines and Immunisation. We spoke about the JCVI earlier. He was on BBC Breakfast this morning talking about the flu jab and the COVID booster and how you will get them together in the autumn. Uh,
6: and in particular, every, every autumn in September, we start a flu vaccine programme. Uh, that's very, very important this year because... We're very concerned that there'll be a large epidemic of flu this winter, having had no flu last year. Uh, and so we need to be able to coordinate those things together and enable people to receive both vaccines at the same visit.
0: Yeah, <laughs> both vaccines. And there were, there were mock-ups today of people getting a COVID jab in one arm and a flu jab in the other. And some of them acknowledged that this was how it would happen if you were stupid enough. To go to your doctor's office. Or the pharmacy, because they're going to get pharmacists to do it. They'll come at you, one for each arm. There you are. Off you pop now. You're done. Yeah, that was Adam Finn there. Speaking to the very same programme was a guy called Professor Callum Semple. He's a professor of Childhood Health Liverpool University. He was on to talk about how COVID is the gift that keeps on giving. Is that lots of new symptoms... Lots of new symptoms can be attributed to COVID. I love this.
5: So we know those obvious ones, if you like, loss of taste and smell, uh, temperature, continuous cough. But the symptoms of this virus have grown and varied (laughs) so much over the last 18 months. How on earth do you keep on top of it all? How
0: do you keep up with it? I, I I mean, how do you keep up with it? Everything seems to be a symptom of COVID.
6: It's really tricky, and you're right. It's really tricky. At the start, it was good enough to use the simple three symptoms. But as older people are vaccinated, proportionally more younger people are having disease, and they have a different group of symptoms. By extending the symptom list, we think that we'll pick up about a third more cases.
0: By extending the symptom list. If we extend the symptom list... Right, so not just a sore throat or, or loss of taste or smell or a headache. But if we extend the symptom list and we add in diarrhoea, we add in a blue toenail, we add in an itchy ear, we add in an itchy arse, we add, we add in a rash on your knee, we'll catch more people and we'll find a third more cases. He's really saying this stuff and none of the presenters have the courage to jump all over him.
6: But more importantly, we'll pick them up a day earlier. And that a day earlier. offers greater opportunity to break transmission chains and stop further spread of the virus.
0: So, what should we be adding to the list then? What are the. This is a $64 million question. What should we add to the list? The obvious ones. Well, the, as as the,
6: There's a really good su- survey from University College London which shows that adding in um, fatigue and headache and sore throat and diarrhea actually diarrhea. as well would increase the, the, the catch. Now,
0: this. Diarrhea would increase the catch. If we add in diarrhea, some dickhead who had a vindaloo at three o'clock in the fucking morning after falling out of Fat Sam's pub, pissed right up, too stupid to know he shouldn't have a fucking curry, has the curry, right? <laughs> Goes home, gets up the following morning and after crying into the bowl, then sits on it and evacuates himself and then decides, Jesus, I wonder if it's the old COVID now, now. No, Billy, you had 17 bottles of Bulmers last night, you fuckwit. Then you had a... What did you have? Did you have a korma? Did you have a madras? What was it? Fantastic, isn't it? We'll catch more people if we add more symptoms. You know, this is about the worst I've ever seen in terms of journalists' inability to do their jobs.
6: Fatigue and headache and sore throat. Diarrhea. And diarrhoea, actually, as well, would increase the the, the catch. Now, this will increase, increase the amount of... The catch. Amount of people. They're fishing for COVID cases. People going for testing, but we've got really good testing capacity now. And we've also got apps. So we could actually use the apps to triage people towards lateral flow testing. Can you
0: see the scam? What did I tell you earlier on? A ham sandwich will fucking test positive for coronavirus. This is an incredible scam. Increase the symptoms. So tell people that everything is COVID. Yeah? You've got grey hairs growing out of your ears. That's coronavirus. I'm pretty sure of it there, yes. Go and have a test. But, of course, the tests throw up so many false positives. It's a wonderful scam, isn't it? Isn't it? These liars. Sitting on the breakfast sofa this morning was Rachel Burden, who's normally on the radio. And this dickhead called Charlie something or other. This guy with the lovely head of hair and the pristine suits. And they allowed Callum Semple sit opposite them, allowed him. When I was presenting, and I presented at high levels, when I was presenting talk radio at one of Ireland's most successful talk radio stations and producing it, if somebody had the stupidity to come into my studio and start rolling off stories like that, I would have terrorised them. They would never have gone near a radio studio again. (laughs) <laughs> Let's add diarrhoea to the list because we'll catch more people. In other words, we'll fool more people. We'll scam more people. Oh, good God. It's it's a thing of beauty, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. Just keep adding the symptoms and... well, you might have COVID there. Yeah, yeah. I found a big boil on me hairy arse. Well, they've just said, actually, Professor... Uh, uh Vinny Gumbats from 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 Harvard University has just discovered that a big boil on your hairy arse could be COVID. Oh, I better go and have a test then. So you go and you have a test, and you test positive for COVID. Stay home for ten days. Don't speak to anybody else. And we'll have to give you a booster jab. Okay. <laughs> Oh God! Rash on your foot, cramp in your shoulder, blue balls. You've got blue clay, One of your toenails has gone pink. Get a test. Get a test. Professor Rachel, Br- p- 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 Professor Presenter Rachel Burden then asked him about the madness of children being sent home from school. It's happened to thousands of children. One child tests positive for COVID, probably a false positive. Then the child is sent home. The child is. Then they send a whole school home or the class, even though nobody is sick, nobody has so much as sneezed. Borden said to Professor Callum Semple, this is disruptive, it's ruining their education, it's messing up their parents' lives, it's got to stop, right?
6: Absolutely right, and that's part of the wider debate about how do we go back to normal, particularly as other seasonal coughs and colds come in, because we're going to be sending whole year groups home again very soon, particularly as the other viruses come back. So in it can't my, go on like that. It It can't. So the way out of it is, uh, first of all, vaccinate those that benefit from it most, which is are the adults and those at risk, and increase the testing in schools. Now it may well be, be that we can use the test to release process that was developed in Liverpool, where rather than isolating people with, who are contacts, they instead do daily testing to prove that they don't have uh, certainly infectious levels of the virus. So that's one particular mm. solution for this problem. Can I just uh, bring
4: us up to speed on where we are with vaccinating children and children is your area of expertise. We're talking this morning, of course, about the booster programme that's been um, suggested should come in in September for those who are more vulnerable. In your head, how do you balance up the idea of a booster programme for the vulnerable and not yet vaccinating children, you know, up to the age of 18?
0: Mm, you might be surprised at Callum simple, because he's not actually in favour of jabbing the kiddies either. Despite all the previous mad lunatic asylum bullshit about catching people, by adding new symptoms to basically making it up, basically. We'll make it up as we go along. To his credit here, we can't give him any credit because of the bullshit that he just said about diarrhoea. But here he says he's not in favour at all of uh, jabbing the kitties.
6: We've looked really carefully at the disease uh, of sars cov infection in children in the second wave and the first wave now. So we've got really rock solid data. The risk of severe disease and even the risk of long covid and uh, multi-inflammatory syndrome are incredibly low. And the children with the other conditions, the long COVID and the multi-inflammatory syndrome, are are recovering. So the risk of severe harm to children is incredibly low. Vaccines are safe, but not entirely risk-free.
0: Not entirely risk-free. Do you know, if if you feel that you're going to come under pressure to have a jab, maybe from an employer maybe, it's it's not a bad idea to grab a couple of these audio snippets and have them on your phones and play them to somebody who says, well, you should really have the jab. Play them back, because there are plenty of examples of guys like this admitting that these things are not risk-free. A little while earlier, we heard from James Royal, oncologist on Julia Hartley Brewer, saying that he's worried about these vaccines doing harm because we can't know for years. Might be a, a good idea to carry MP3s on your phone, maybe. I don't know.
6: So we are aware, perhaps, in the, young, in the adults about clots. And there's some safety data from America showing rare heart problems associated with some of the vaccines.
0: But it's not so rare, though, this my myocarditis. How do you say that? I'm dreadful with the pronunciations. It's myocarditis. It's not exactly rare, these incidents. Because the Yanks have rolled out the, the, the Pfizer uh, jab for children, haven't they? And they're finding it's doing damage to children's hearts. Not just to a handful of children either, you know. Anyway, this guy goes on to say, don't jab the kiddies. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your tweets. Larry Jazz has been in touch. Larry Jazz is one of the nicest guys I met when I was on the Costa del Sol. A gentleman and a scholar and a brilliant DJ. And he's still on the Costa del Sol and he's thriving. And he sent me a lovely email a short time ago listening this afternoon from the wonderful Costa del Sol Larry I miss the Costa del Sol pal and I miss you as well You and Lisa. I hope all is well, buddy. Thanks for getting in touch. It's lovely to hear from you today. Uh, Ten minutes, uh, nine minutes even, to six o'clock. Brand new segment on the Richie Allen Radio Show. Brand new segment. I'm calling it You Dipstick. You Dipstick. That's the one. You Dipstick. You Dipstick. Absolutely. Who's today's dipstick? Today's dipstick is Jonathan Neem. Very wealthy man. He's the CEO of Shepherd Neem. He's very worried about the chain of pubs he owns, the staff shortages, furlough. He needs to open up. He's on BBC Radio 5 Live today with Adrian Childs. Is Jonathan Neem a dipstick? We'll be the judge.
4: The sort of challenges we've got at the moment is that our central London pubs, about 15 of them in the city, remain closed. They can't really operate on their space uh without those social distancing rules going and not 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 many people in the city at the moment so our teams there are still on furlough but elsewhere um you know our country pubs our coastal pubs we're still operating with reduced capacity but table service and more people on the door for check-in so that's where some of the staff demand is coming from wait for it um all of that is at a time when uh when a number of people have left the uh, the uk to go back to the eu so there's a big shortage in chefs around the country so food led uh, outlets are struggling a bit um, and then with the self isolation rules um you've got some real challenges for my, for example myself wait myself i am on self-isolation i was pinged 10 days ago i'm being released tomorrow which is fantastic but the fact is i'm negative i'm double jabbed who am i protecting And we've got pubs up and down the country that are shut because uh, all of their teams are entirely healthy, but they've been told uh, to self-isolate. And uh, we have to question whether these rules have become meaningless now. Let's hear it again. For example, myself, I am on self-isolation.
0: He's on self-isolation.
4: I was pinged 10 days ago. He was pinged. I'm being released tomorrow. He's being released tomorrow. Which is fantastic. But... (laughs) The fact is, I'm negative, I'm double-jabbed. Who am I protecting?
0: He's negative, he's double-jabbed. Who am I protecting? He's currently at home because somebody told him to via a text message. You dipstick. Yeah, he's a dipstick. We'll, we'll, We'll give him that. He's a dipstick. Where's the balls? I said this a thousand times. Where's the courage? Where's the manliness? Where's the pride? How could you be told via text message from a ping? That you bumped into somebody. You bumped into somebody now, Jonathan. And that person tested positive for COVID. So get in. Get indoors. Get in. Get in out of it. Get in out of it. And stay there for two weeks. Until we release you. And Rather than tell them to go and fuck right off. You say, okay. You've been double jabbed. <laughs> ah, You just want to scream, don't you? You dipstick dipstick. What a dipstick. Let's move swiftly on. The Austrian World Summit convenes every year in Austria, unsurprisingly, to deal with climate change. Yeah. Speaking at the summit earlier on, was the thespian Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of the greatest actors in, in living memory, a genius. And at this uh, climate change thing, Arnie is not happy at all about the lack of progress. Look what happened at the G7 summit. Do you see what happened? Nothing, nothing. There's nothing of substance. So all of us in the environmental movement, we all agree that we can't wait for those guys. We need the bottom-up approach, the people, we must get the people ready. The people are only real hope. Every great movement in the history enlisted the people. Jesus, huh, scaring the piss out of the delegates there. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Look what happened at the G7 summit, did you see what happened? Nothing. Nothing. Jesus. He's not playing games there. It got worse a few minutes later. He totally flipped addressing the delegates and even refused to allow someone in the audience go to the toilet. He lost it. I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. You're not going to have your mommies run behind you anymore and wipe your little douches. Oh, no. It's time now to turn this mush into muscles. No more complaining There is no bathroom Jesus He's really serious about reducing emissions eh? There is no bathroom No more coal No more cars No more planes No more steak dinners No more nada If the Terminator gets his way And of course This little bastard was there as well
1: (laughs) They sweep their mess under the carpet For our generation To clean up and solve How dare you you have stolen my dreams, my childhood, with your empty words. People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. collapsing. We are in the beginning of an a extinction. mass extinction. How dare, How dare you? you?
0: Fucking case. What did she say?
1: The climate crisis is today at best. Being treated only as a business opportunity to create new green jobs, new green businesses and technologies. As the pandemic unfolded, you did not say this will benefit the face mask manufacturing industry or this will create new jobs in healthcare and hospitals. Taking bold climate action will naturally bring many advantages and benefits. Yet, needless to say, we will not be able to solve a crisis we do not treat as a crisis yeah. and that we do not understand the magnitude of.
0: Little mad woman. Greta Thunberg there. I had to stop pronouncing the H. It isn't Thunberg. It's Thunberg, yeah? It's Thailand, not Thailand. I used to say Thailand. I could never understand why people would giggle at me. It's Thailand. That's what it is. I learned because I was told. Yes, Arnie is pissed right, right <laughs> Get me to the chopper that's the man. No more steak, no more flying, no more planes. It's all gonna go tits uh, up if Arnie and Greta have their way. Hi to Angela Lambert, Tell you doing, Angela? Richie, I'd like to see some manliness. And see very little of it, says Angela. <laughs> I'd like to see a little bit of it. But just a little bit of it, says Angela there. I hear you, loud and clear. There are no men. The men are gone, you know. The men have just become woke. I wanted to attack somebody on Twitter the other day that I know. And I know to be fairly decent. But I thought it'll be mean-spirited if I go after him. Uh, It's a guy who's a very well-known football supporter. I met him several times over the years at Manchester United Games. And he tweeted out... It was classic virtue signalling. He tweeted out how the men how the male football pundits are basically shit and how Alex Scott and some other woman, how they're amazing. It was classic, classic virtue signalling. Classic, this feeling that I must go on Twitter and say how wonderful the female pundits are and at the same time criticise the men. Now, I've never been politically correct in my life. I've also never been sexist. I don't have a misogynistic bone in my body. My favourite commentator in any sport, at any time, is a woman called Ali Mitchell, who does um, the, the Test Match special for the BBC, cricket, and has now migrated to Sky. I love Alison. But for me, Alison is a rarity. Right? I think Alex Scott, the young, pretty, apparently she was a very good footballer, I think she's a shit pundit, personally. Just because she doesn't have anything in-depth to say. There's no real analysis from Alex. Just cliches. Now, she's not been doing it that long. She might get better. But to see all these other guys pile in, feeling that they had to endorse that, and say, yeah, yeah, these women that are doing the Euros instead of certain men or alongside certain men, they're much better. No, they're not. They're not much better at all. They're not. Some of them are good. Some of them are very good. But the, the majority of them are not as good as Gary Neville. They're not as good as Roy Keane or as Graham Souness. They're just not, full stop. And that's not misogyny. I was going to pile in, not pile because I don't do pile but I was going to call the guy out for the virtue signalling. And then I thought, no, because people just won't get it, you know. But increasingly, men are coming under an invisible pressure to be seen to be doing stuff like that men seemingly coming under pressure to endorse trans days and all this sort of crap be a man what happened to gary cooper what happened to john wayne they would have never stood for this crap they wouldn't have cared less what sex somebody is what their gender is what their sexual orientation is they couldn't give a shit no more than i could but men and these men are ruining it for everybody else because they're falling into the trap of well you must be seen to be doing something because all of these minority groups are trying to change the paradigm where if where being silent is not good enough where keeping your opinions to yourself is not good enough that if you don't publicly support a minority group or a minority ethnicity you must be harbouring some resentment towards them. This is a new thing. Okay? It's called, bi- I call it binary choice. You're either for something or against something. There is no grey areas for these lunatics. And increasingly, as I said, you're seeing more and more often, you're seeing men fall into this trap. I nearly choked on me, me, me beard the other night when this football fan came out with all his bollocks about how amazing the women are and they're so much better than the men at the, at the punditry. Piss off! Not in a million years. Some of them are excellent and the best commentator for me in the world is Alison Mitchell. Right now. I, I could listen to her all day. A genius. Wonderful. Experience. Been doing it for years. Anyway, I'm just talking through me. Think her now. It's time for a bit of Elton John. Because I've got to prove that I've got no problems with homosexuality. Or fornicators. This is a Tiny Dancer, by the way. Two minutes past six. The Richie Allen Show.
7: Blue
1: jean, baby. L.A.
0: Tiny dancer from Elton John's Then Six minutes past six o'clock. It is uh, the BBG with with you. Hour two, the Richie Allen Show. Big shout out to my mates, uh, Sophie and Andrew in the southwest of France. How you doing? In good form, I believe. How you doing, Sophie? I feel sorry. JJ tweeted, Richie, surely you pronounced Jonathan Agnew's name wrong. Tut, tut, JJ. No, I didn't. I, I prefer Ali Mitchell. I could listen to Ali Mitchell forever, brilliant broadcaster, absolutely brilliant. And if I've if I've bashed a couple of female broadcasters, let me just say that Jackie Oatley, who does darts now for ITV, among other things, is a terrific presenter, absolutely tip top. A lot of guys like the the young girl who presents boxing for Sky. I'm not thrilled about her. I don't know. Horses for courses and all of that. There are some brilliant women broadcasters. Uh, Claire Balding leaves me cold. And it's not because Claire is a truck driver. I can't believe I said that. But I I did. I'll say it again. It's not because um, Claire um, bats for the other side. Because I don't care about things like that. Claire Balding gets a lot. Gets a lot of top gigs. And you would imagine that somebody getting so many top gigs is very good, but Claire Balding is very cold. Very cold. Not very warm. Very patrician, I would have said. I don't know what my mate jean Ann will make of this. jean Ann's a big Gigi's fan. jean Ann there in and Jean-Anne might like Claire Balding as a presenter, but I don't find her very good at all. Uh, Gabby Yorris. She's not Gabby Yorris anymore. Gabby Roslyn. Very good. Some brilliant experienced ones. But they've... Um, how do I put this? They have fast-tracked some pretty little things onto the BBC without giving them a, a road map, a pathway to gain experience. And it's not good. Like they've given this Alex Scott Sue Barker's gig. Now, I cannot believe that I haven't mentioned Sue Barker. Sue Barker is in the top two or three greatest television presenters of all time, in my humble opinion. A stone cold genius. Sue Barker. You talk about warmth. You talk about personality. You talk about how to get the best out of a whole bunch of men with big egos. Sue Barker is brilliant dealing with McEnroe and dealing with Tim Henman and Boris Becker and when Jimmy Connors is in town. Sue is amazing. But they had to earn it. They're throwing these pretty little things on there now and all they're doing is talking in cliches. It's rubbish. And they shouldn't do it. They're ticking boxes, in my opinion. Shall we get Chris on the program? Let's get Chris on program. I received an email from Chris yesterday, and Chris listened with very uh, with great interest to my conversation with Gabby Linford the other day. Gabby was fabulous. Breath of fresh air. Uh, she's an Aussie living in the UK, and has worked on some of the some of the biggest names rock concerts, big tours. And she talked about those experiences, the problems for 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 road crew. You know, the big bands go on tour, they take 200 people with them. It's a massive industry. Gabby was brilliant. We talked about lots of things. Chris was listening with great interest. He has toured with everybody. He's actually written songs uh for people like Kylie Minogue and Jamiroquai. Great guy. Uh, it's Chris. Send me a lovely email. And um, also a bit um, poignant as well, because he talks in the email about musicians who have fallen on very hard times because of the lockdown, but but have 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 then become unwell effectively because of um, being confined to their homes and having their livelihood taken away from them. So when he sent me this excellent email, I said I'll invite him on. And I'm delighted to welcome to the programme, uh, Chris Mallon. Chris, is it Malin or Malin? How should I pronounce the surname? It,
7: it's actually Malin. Ah, yeah. it's
0: Malin. I should have asked you beforehand, shouldn't I? Listen, yeah, thanks, okay, thanks for the email. Uh, it's a brilliant email. Uh, I loved reading it. I was discussing it with my longtime friend, uh, Jean-Anne Crowley, in, in Ireland. And Jean-Anne was like, you better get uh, Chris on the programme to talk about some of these experiences. <laughs> the, the obvious place to start, Chris, is um, how difficult has it been for you personally um, since everything kicked off last March, March 2020? Did everything immediately come to a hold for you, like everybody else?
7: Well, that, that's a great question, actually, Richie. And uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for having me on the show. I'm a huge fan of your show. I've been listening to it now for about a month every day without fail. That's an honour. fantastic.
0: Thanks for yeah. saying that. I really appreciate it.
7: Yeah, and it's good that you actually wanted to start there because that's where I wanted to start. So back in March 2020... Uh, when this whole thing was kicking off. I actually supported the lockdown, the first initial response, because we didn't know what it was. None of us in the music industry had any clue what was going on. And then the three weeks to flatten the curve, and then that stopped. And then at the beginning of April, I had 90 shows for the rest of the year, which is about 30 to 40,000 pounds worth of income. And literally day by day, it started to drop off in chunks bomb, 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 gone, gone. Until two weeks later, it was all gone. And I'm sitting here, I've got a home, I've got children, I've got, I'm like, Oh, my God, where is all my work on? And it was absolutely devastating. What point completely Leary
0: What point did you think there's something not right about this because you, you make the very good point about the three weeks to flatten the curve which a lot of people mm. believed understandably and thought well mm. alright we'll, we'll do it you know <laughs> when did you think what's happening here is, is this about something else
7: It was at the point when the three weeks to flatten the curve ended and there was more signals and more signs in the press in the media of further lockdowns uh, more deaths, death rate cases increasing blah 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 and I'm like Oh my God! This is there's something not quite right about this. So uh, I started researching myself. Um, I mean, I had plenty of time. I wasn't I wasn't keeping at all. So um, I started looking online, looking at the internet, looking at the ONS statistics, looking at the deaths, excess deaths, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, where has flu gone? Yeah, literally, where is influenza and flu death? So look over uh, May, June, none. I'm like, well, hold on a second. Influenza and flu have killed 15 to 20,000 people a year for 350 years till records began. And currently where we stand between March and now
3: it is zero.
0: Zero. And when you zero. started when you started zero, when you started looking at the flu thing, that was before mm. you were looking into that before they started saying that flu was absent this year. So you were doing that, you were looking at that yourself ahead in advance of them <laughs> saying flu has disappeared there is no flu this year
7: that's yeah. right richie i was a bit ahead of the game actually yeah. and people thought it was crazy they're like what are you talking about we've got this deadly virus and we're in a pandemic and, blah, blah, blah. and i'm like no we're not actually no we're not and and then as it got further what it looked like to me was that they had rebranded flu influenza with covid19 as, a, as just a different name. Well, actually, it started off with coronavirus. Now, coronavirus has, I don't know, 17 strains, including the common cold and flu is one yeah, of them. Yeah. Um, and in the media, they were using that as a very broad term. Coronavirus, 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 coronavirus. Then they changed it back to COVID-19 again, and then they went back to coronavirus, coronavirus. But well, coronavirus has been around forever. It's been around forever, and't I'm absolutely dumbfounded that people cannot see this for themselves. I've literally stood in front of people, showed them all the data, showed them all the statistics, everything. And they literally just look at the floor.
0: Look down rather than engage engage you on what you're saying. And is it fair Mm -hmm. to say that before all this kicked off, you wouldn't Mm -hmm. have ever heard of radio programmes like this or you wouldn't be reading books by you know, lockdown sceptics or books by people who, you know, write about the alternative news. That wasn't your thing, Chris, before any of this?
7: No. Not at absolutely all? Absolutely not, though. no, Richie, you no, know, it wasn't at all.
0: That gives me great hope, though, Chris, because you didn't need to be exposed to what anybody else had said. You had the the nous, as, as it were, to go and do your own investigation. That's great, Chris. It really is, mate, you know? <laughs>
7: Thank you, mate. Thank you. And um, one interesting thing that I think that you might be interested in, your listeners might be interested in, is um, when you have the feeling of love for something, right? If you love, you know, you love your dog. I love my dog. You love your dog, probably. Everyone loves their dog. And when you come home from work, that dog wants to be in the same space as you and connect with you right if you love somebody if you love somebody of the opposite sex or same sex well you know whatever you want to do you you want to occupy the same space right you want to have sex with them you want to kiss them you want to hold them you want to be with them right now over this whole period of the past 15 months what is the one thing that they have tried to do the one thing they've tried to do is to say do not under any circumstances occupy the same space yeah Right? Uh, one-way systems in supermarkets. Um, don't see your family. Don't connect the very thing that makes us human. Don't do it. And it is killing people spiritually. Absolutely killing them, Richard. You, you I hate so, say it.
0: No, no, do say it, because it is. It is killing people. You said something to me in the email. I don't want to mm-hmm. get too personal with you now, because there might be things you might not want it's to okay. talk about. But you talked about you know, the, the obvious problem is when everything is stopped you've lost 40 grand's worth of income you're yep. you are like most people, you you've got a mortgage. Before we talk about that, I've got to remind our listeners, you are listening to a very accomplished and successful and also a very modest uh musician called Chris Malin. Chris has done everything, folks. He's written songs for Sony, he's written for Kylie, he's written for Jamiroquai, he's toured with everybody, he's obviously a very gifted musician, and uh he's like like, like so many others, everything stopped for him last year. Uh that was his only income and and you're you're genuinely worried about your house are you
7: yeah i'm worried about many things Richie uh financially i'm probably in the worst state i've ever been in and i don't mind admitting that because you know a man who has nothing to lose really doesn't care so uh, publicly i don't mind admitting that i am financially absolutely screwed
0: and what did the government did, did the government do anything for musicians like yourself
7: well there was one interesting uh uh musician help for musicians ran a program which actually was sponsored by paul mccartney i don't know if many people know that but he invested a load of money and they were giving all working musicians 200 pounds a month which and the face of it is nothing no i I can earn more than that in a day
0: yeah
7: playing live so but it was it was something there was that help and then obviously you've got the self-employed furlough but what a lot of people realize is that furlough is paid for self-employed on profit only right and if you're a musician and you're traveling from here to scotland and back in a day like i did quite a lot and your mileage goes way 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 up so your actual gross profit is quite low uh, and you only get paid a percentage of your gross profit not your not your net or whatever so uh, it was it's nowhere near Nowhere near what I could be making at all.
0: You went um, for, self,
7: for self-employed. It's 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 screwed. It's,
0: it's, yeah, and I, and I knew the answer to that because I know I speak to so many self-employed people. I'm self-employed exactly, myself, yeah. so yeah. there was there was nothing there was nothing coming. You even, I mean, you're a proper man, so you go and you look for alternative employment, um, but you couldn't even get into a supermarket. Nope.
7: Because do you know why? I'll tell you why. People don't take professional musicians seriously as 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 work experience they really don't and i i've I've found this out so uh interesting thing when i tell someone this was pre-covid they say what do you do for work and i say well i'm a professional musician and they sort of look at me and then look at the floor and go but what's your real job jesus and i go i go that is my real job and then the next thing they say inevitably is but i've not seen you on the x factor
0: oh christ yeah
7: yeah Honestly, honestly, Richie, yeah. this is the perception of the, of the general public of professional musicians who are not mega, mega famous. They don't realize that there are so, so many musicians who are not famous, who make fantastic money. Um, I, have, I have a friend, uh, she's a harpist and she's done the proms for the BBC and she was on 80 grand a year and COVID hit, her diary went clear, she lost her house She had to move back in with her parents with three kids. Her marriage ended, and she was crying every day.
0: You're kidding me. Mother of God. And did the bank not give any mortgage holiday to her? Or they did give a little bit, but it wasn't enough?
7: Richie, 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 the banks, right? What they did was they give give three-month holidays, right? They gave two three-month holidays and refused to extend it after that. So this has been going on 15 months now, Richie. So they had six months, six months out of 15. That's
0: it. She must be so de- after- she must be devastated. I can't imagine that.
7: Yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh I, I, Richie it gets it gets worse. I mean I could tell you some stories that would I'm trying to be positive but it's just not a positive environment. No people
0: like. need to hear it. Well, you are sounding positive and um you know you're 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 uh, you're obviously a very genial bloke. I could tell that by the email by the way you wrote it. You are a part oh, of it, but no, seriously. But people have to hear this stuff. They need to hear it. I, I've gone to they a do. thousand gigs in the last uh, mm. three, four years, and I know damn mm. well. You know, like I would look. I know you wouldn't take this the wrong way. Now, you, you're obviously sure. a brilliant bass player. You, you're a hi- you. you're a hired gun, Chris. You're, oh, yeah. you, you know I, I know that you, we, we, we go and see I, we, went, we went to Jamiroquai there's 14 or 15 musicians on stage he had a big band and you look at yeah. those people and I see that's you that's Chris Malin. It's people like you, you're gifted at what you do and this is how you earn your living. You back these guys because you're the, you're the best at what you do. I totally mm-hmm. understand that. And there are thousands of people like you that are top, top, top bass players and guitar players and you're, you're supporting mm-hmm. Gary Barlow. You're out there with Take That. You're out there mm-hmm. with Simply Red. I know this, the hired mm-hmm. guns. And all of this is gone. And the government has given you solid all. and the bank says three months only for the mortgage holiday. That's, yes, it's horrendous correct. that, it's horrendous
7: it's absolutely devastating and what uh, what makes it even worse is that a lot of my musician friends i know i know quite a few celebrities actually uh, famous guitarists and bass players and they are completely and utterly silent
0: why because they're wealthy they don't want they don't want to rock the boat is that they're okay i'm all right jack
7: two reasons one is that they're already wealthy the second reason is that they don't want to upset promoters right because they fear that when the restrictions end they'll have nowhere to go for work and me i actually don't care richie i've given up on caring i'll just say whatever i want to say yeah you know i i i I want to feel that i'm on the right side of history when all the truth comes out because it will and it'll be devastating and you will not find a single lockdown supporter in two years i'll tell you that no doubt
0: about it and how much of a factor in your determination to speak out, how much mm. of a factor are your children in that?
7: Oh, big time. I mean, they are not getting the jab under any circumstances. Um, absolutely not, no. And the school system, uh, they are scaring children. I mean, literally, there's posters everywhere in schools, in my kids' schools, of masked kids and, please wear your mask and blah, 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 and, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. Stay apart. Stay in your bubble. If you don't, if you come out of your bubble, you're going to get suspended. They have punishment systems for violating COVID rules.
0: No way. Are, no th- way. Yeah.
7: Th- they sus- I, I know one child who got expelled for violating COVID rules. What did Expelled. Kicked out of school.
0: What did he Gone. do or she do? What did it, they do?
7: Swapped bubbles and kissed another girl in another bubble.
0: Swapped a bubble, gave a girl a kiss and got got, got excluded, got expelled. Yeah.
7: Jesus and he was 14. Yeah, got expelled. I mean, how totalitarian and extreme is that? If you actually step back and look at it, it's like, what? And if you,
0: exactly. And if you had to sit down with your own children to mm-hmm. almost debrief them, you know, <laughs> uh, about this nonsense and say, listen, kids, it's not... You know, you're not going to die. You're not going to kill granny. Have you had those conversations?
7: Mm. I have, yeah. And unfortunately, my children are wised up to it. Thank they God. They know. They're, they're sort of just playing along with it right now because they have to. They have no choice. No. They can't They can't speak out. And if you do speak out or say anything, you're, uh, the, it, it, teachers can pick up on it, you see, and they can pick up on anti-COVID. Um, I know one a teacher who told me that he did child safeguarding not too long ago and anti-covid was part of the training in picking up disaffection in society like looking for signs of being anti-covid and it was just i was like wow I've
0: i've heard this over the years now from from i've heard this over the years from families that have had visits from social services because mm. a teacher has picked up on something a child has said innocently and a teacher has wondered, oh, is dad or mum some sort of subversive character? And, <laughs> you know, this is okay. true. It's been going on for years. Chris, let me just yeah. remind our listeners who we've got. On, on the line, Chris Malin sure. is a very accomplished musician and reached out to us on Wednesday uh, because he heard Gabby Linford on the programme. Uh, Chris has done it all really um, bass guitar magazine, he's had endorsements from major amp companies, he's written songs for Sony, travelled and supported everybody. And uh, life has become very difficult <coughs> for him because of what's happened last year. He's been very candid in t- describing that, and we've been talking in the last couple of minutes about the impact on children. Imagine excluding a child because he went to another bubble and gave a girl a kiss. Uh, these, these are, these are, these are shocking. These are sick times. I have to ask you this: you, you won't mind me asking you, um, sure, if things are a bit difficult, would you, would you take a chance with the jab yourself if it meant that you could get back out there making money?
7: One thousand percent, no, no way because your integrity to yourself is more important than your body
0: isn't it yeah but i wouldn't blame you chris the reason i asked that you know look a good friend of mine in america knows mm. that knows that the jabs are potentially very dangerous yeah. and he is in a situation where the wife has custody of the children the wife is living overseas and he said to mm. me, "Richie, the wife is good now. The wife is good to him, and he gets oh, to see his children. But he said, if it comes to it, Richie, I'll, 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 take, I'll take the chance. I'll take the chance that I won't get killed by it, or I won't get um, pathogenic priming or whatever it is twelve months mm-hmm. down the road. That's why I asked you. If you said to me, Richie, I would, if it meant getting back in and paying the mortgage, I wouldn't think any less of you at all. I'd say fair enough.
7: Sure, but I won't. I can't. You won't do it because." You. Even even if it means I can get back to work and I can tour internationally and go somewhere else, I don't want this jab because of the, the, the priming is the, uh, the main issue. And yeah. the shedding, and I've listened to many doctors online, and the side effects of this vaccine are absolutely shocking. I've got, I had several friends in a hospital because of the vaccine. I know no one who's died of COVID, nobody. I know no one who was even sick with it. I had it in February last year, I think. I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, but I just know sick people from the vaccine. And if the truth comes out about actually what's in the vaccine and what it does to the body and how it alters the DNA to weaken the immune system, which from the data that I've studied myself it seems to be the case, it's almost like a trial run. It's like a prep. And I don't really know what the end game is yet. So the answer to taking the vaccine is no.
0: Is there. Thanks for that. Is there a little bit of optimism in some of the comments we heard today? You have a famous oncologist telling Julia Hartley-Brewer that the mm. j- that the jabs might be dangerous. You have even this guy Callum Semple, saying that you know they shouldn't give them to children because you know they're not 100% safe. There's little leaks one or two you know I've they, noticed that. Have you I've noticed, noticed that? that? Yeah. I have and Talk Radio actually
7: prior to 3 weeks ago were very very pro vaccine. Julia Hartley Brewer, the vaccine program is so fantastic. Yeah, that's Mike right. Mike Graham, I love the vaccine. Now they have completely changed their tune. Mike Graham literally gave a two minute rant. I think it was three days ago, saying the government can stick the vaccines up their ass.
0: Is he they saying get is, lost? Is he saying he didn't He's, have it or he hasn't had it?
7: I don't um, know. Yeah, not but that it's anybody's just, business. Just, but yeah, it's not anybody's business. But he's sick of the propaganda. So he's like, it's like being a football match. You know, hot dogs, vaccines, get your yeah, vaccines, get lost,
0: government. Do you, know what get lost. do you know what they're proposing, some countries? And mm. I know you'll know this, but some countries yep. are proposing um, basically jab tourism. That if you don't have the jab, um, mm-hmm. come to such and such a place. Come to, it's not Croatia now. Come to Croatia, come to the Seychelles and we'll jab you on your <laughs> arrival. These, <laughs> th- this sort of nonsense is being discussed at high levels, you know.
7: I d- I just fail to see how people don't see that this is nonsense. I just the brainwashing program has been so effective.
0: But think back to last so- last March now. Sorry to interrupt you Chris. Think back to last no, March. Thinking- you you yourself said that you thought the 3 week lockdown was a good idea. Um yep. you were like a lot of people. Uh, so yep. no problem there. The reason if you think back Maybe, maybe I can't speak for you. You will speak for yourself. But maybe, maybe one of the reasons you said that at the time mm. was because they were running these films that were beautifully produced of people mm. dying in hospital beds in Italy, correct? And people walking around like like the movie Outbreak with um, Rene Russo and Dustin Hoffman wearing the mm. hazmat suits. It scared the shit out of people, Chris.
7: I know, Richie. I know. Well, actually, one thing was a lot of my musician friends when it first kicked off were. Also the same. And when I sort of woke up wised up what was going on, I was posting and posting on my Facebook and I was getting shit after shit after shit. Where are you? From so oh my Richie, I've been disowned by quite a few people. Uh, but one thing that changed it was do you remember the NHS TikTok dances?
0: Oh god, yeah. you yeah. How could we forget the well, dancers? Yeah.
7: Well, listen to this. There was one, right? And it was literally a nurse, there was a song playing, and a nurse was dancing and holding a body wrapped in uh, a body bag with COVID-19 written across the side, literally dancing as she's holding the body bag.
0: I never saw that one. Oh, I'll have to dig that I one did. out. I did. And I shared it on my Facebook
7: and I sent it to as many people as I could. And that actually turned around, I would say maybe 20% of my friends who went, that is sick.
0: It is, sick. And so can I ask you to speculate, what do you think was going on in that video? Are we being laughed at or is it something else? I mean, that's disturbing stuff, right?
7: It is disturbing. Uh, to be honest, I think it's a bit of a mockery, yeah. I think, uh, I think behind the scenes, all the UK government are sitting there laughing at us. Look at, look at the G7, look at you know Wimbledon, yeah. UEFA, all the money coming in. They're not social distancing. They're doing what they want. And they're literally looking at us plebs going, ha, 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 ha. They are. They, I know they are. Of course they are. Matt Hancock. What happened to him? I mean, violating his own rules, and he's still an MP. I mean, how is he still an MP?
0: How is he still an MP? Uh, Jean Ann has just said to me, "Dancing with <laughs> death." Dancing with death is an appropriate description for the video you described. And it's not just the fact that 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 Hancock was getting very close and personal to somebody who's not from his immediate family. It's not even that. Who he snogs is his own business. But it's the blatant, you know, laughing at people, as you said, while telling them to distance. But what's even worse about Hancock, of course, is we know Mm. that firms that Hancock is a board member of were given contracts. It doesn't get any filthier.
7: No, and plus him using his own personal email to conduct business.
0: That's right. That's right.
7: Where it can't be traced. That is absolutely horrific. But yeah, so... There was one other thing I wanted to get to. Richard. Before you get which... to, it, we've
0: got plenty of time. Before you get to it, we've got plenty yeah. of time. I want to, I want to ask you because you, you used a phrase, which was, mm-hmm. which was very, um, I think was very well put in your email. And I know that Mm -hmm. Jean-Anne picked up on it. By the way, I'm not breaching your data protection by by speaking to Jean-Anne about your email at all. I wouldn't be giving any details away about you. Oh, mate, it's fine. But but I I share a lot with her. She's a brilliant journalist as well as a great actress. And she said to me, Richie, that's a great um, um, turn of phrase there. Let me just find it here now. Mm. Um, The first action, this is what Chris wrote to me, uh, dear listeners, the first action of any totalitarian government is to kill the arts. Artists have more power than politicians, which they are jealous as hell. 60% of music venues have closed permanently. Not many people will know this. Promoters are going out of their minds. Totalitarian governments kill the arts, Chris.
7: They do. And, well, I got into this, and I studied this back in August, and it actually goes as far back as China, believe it or not. Um, so, Uh, A government is very afraid of artists because they can influence and change the opinion of the general public more than they can, and they don't like it. So if a politician wants to send across a narrative or a message, the problem that they have is that there are artists and musicians who can counter that with a wider audience, right? Right. Look, you don't see people clapping Chris Whitty when he says, next slide, please. No, you you don't.
0: <laughs>
7: <laughs> or, or, or calling for more. You don't, more. Get, you don't, you don't yeah. get a standing ovation. Come back on. Do an encore. Yeah. Let's have another. Let's have another slide. No. um so the power that an artist and musician has to influence the public opinion is way, way higher than any politician can ever have. And they know this, and they are afraid of it. So what they do is, if they want to get across a message, is they kill the arts. Uh, the Nazis burnt loads of books. That's I right. don't know if you remember that. That's yes, right. they they kill any uh, word from artists or creative types that will counter their narrative, and then they will push their narrative in an art-free world. Which right now the UK is an art-free
0: world. It is, isn't it? We have
7: we have no art. We have no live music. People aren't producing any art.
0: No, you've got right? crap that- programs on Netflix. Crap. On Netflix, you've got crap on on the other servers as well. well. Absolutely
7: absolutely terrible. So, um, it's not a coincidence that art was the first to be closed at the start of the pandemic, and it's going to be the last to open. That that, is no coincidence at all. And that is repeated throughout history for thousands and thousands of years. I mean, John Lennon, right? Take the murder of John Lennon. Now, I don't want to get into conspiracy theory or because I like to go by facts, right? But he was murdered. The CIA right murdered the... Lenin.
0: Of course they did. Yes. Yeah, by a Manchurian candidate called Mark Chapman. That's right. Do you know, Chapman because... is in a cell today and he has no idea. He has no clue, Chapman. I bet you Chapman no, has been... no recollection of it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, <laughs> no, bet you, I bet you he's like, I, did I really? Or maybe I did, but I don't think so. <laughs> maybe I was unwell at the time. A Manchurian <laughs> candidate, wasn't he? He must have been.
7: Yes, absolutely. But at that peak when he was shot... John Lennon was outspoken against the Vietnam War and the public opinion was turning massive. So the government were trying to push the public to back because a government cannot go to war without the backing of the majority of the population. They simply, simply can't. Right. So and it was dwindling and they wanted to keep this war going. So and John Lennon was changing everyone's opinion. He was really outspoken, and he was shot and killed.
0: They went so after, a, now, not, I don't want to be correcting you now, they they killed him in 1980, didn't they? So the US had fled Vietnam four, six, four or five years earlier, but you're right in what you're saying, because they, they wanted to kill him for years. Yeah, for they years did. they wanted to kill him. Can I read a, an email from Carol? Richie, sure. um Richie, uh, let me just bring it up there now. All oh, these blooming screens there. Uh, yeah, okay. Richie, she says, like Chris, my self-employed son of 42 years, lost 18 mm. months' work and couldn't afford to stay in his rented accommodation. He has his yeah. degree. He's always worked two to three jobs for 25 plus years, and he's had to come back to live with us. His work was in equine, including teaching people and horses, working with the public and entertainment. Uh, he worked mm-hmm. as a drag artist as well. All of it has been cancelled since this madness started. He has his car. But he's got no money, he's got no job, he's got no home. He bothered to get a good education. Right now it doesn't look like it has paid off. Carol's son is a grafter. He's uh, looked after himself. He's had two or three jobs. He's rented his own place. Now he's screwed mm. and he's living back home with his parents. How dreadful it must feel for him. Thank God he's got his mum and dad. But how dreadful that must be, uh, Chris. Jeez, I can't imagine that, it.
7: That's awful, Richie. I mean, I, I really feel for him um, and do you know what, though, Richie? I see stories like that on my Facebook feed almost every day. All the, because most of my Facebook feed is filled with musicians and artists, and I see it all the time. So, you know, and I do, I do feel for him absolutely.
0: By the way, Lennon said, thanks, Carol, for, for that. Lennon said, we're, Gene Anna said this, we're ruled by a bunch of insane people with insane objectives and I might get taken out for saying so. He said that at the National Theatre when his play was on there. It's on video, him saying that, yeah. Oh, he was taken wow. out. He wants. To, he, he was certainly taken out. Now, when I um, mentioned that line about the arts, you were just about yeah. to say something and I stopped you in your prime. You were going to take it somewhere else. What, what were you going to say, Chris?
7: Oh, I was going to say exactly what I've just said, to be honest with you. About you, Lennon,
0: yeah. And about how
7: if a government wants control of a population's mind and attitude, they will destroy the art in that, in that country.
0: I'd love to do an experiment. When I've come out of a live show, a live music show, when you're in a room, hmm. now, like yourself, hmm. Chris, I don't always go to the Manchester Arena where there's 20,000 people. It's often a smaller yeah, venue, you know. And when you're in yeah. a room with a great singer, it doesn't have to be somebody famous, but somebody singing music that you like and you enjoy. The energy Mm. that you get out of that audience and out of that situation. I'm willing to bet that if any proper experiment, any proper study was done, that's Mm. healing that. That is doing something positive to you. I bet you if you looked at people who go to gigs and who go to the theatre, who go to watch plays, I bet you that in the aftermath of those shows, of those experiences, I bet you they're better people. In the, absolutely. In the after. You know, in the, in the coming days, they're probably doing better things. They're, they're better at work. They're better with their families. It's spiritual, soul food. I think Jean Anne called it soul. Um, you know, it's, um, what did she call it? Not food for the spirit or for the soul. She'll tell me now in a moment. But it's vital Soul food. Soulful, it's vital, isn't it? For us to, to be it able to absolutely congregate.
7: It's uh, One of the best shows I ever did was, um, was the Harley Davidson Festival in Austria. European Bike Week. And it was to 80,000 people. And I could literally I couldn't see the back of the people. And I finished the first song. And literally, Richard, it was like this jet engine roar. It was as loud as an airplane taking off, standing next to it. And everybody just looked so connected. And I just felt at that moment, like I was connected with them. And it was just astounding.
0: We'll never Absolutely. know we'll never know that feeling just 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 say that for our listeners again, dear listener. You're listening to a man who stood front and center next to a singer, holding his bass, playing to eighty thousand people. <laughs> Jesus, did. Chris, oh God, mm. unbelievable! I remember talking to David about doing those um long talks that. That that he did for twelve hours in theaters where mm. sometimes there was two thousand people, and him saying mm. that the energy it gave him, the feeling it gave him, you've got eighty thousand people that are singing along with you, Chris.
7: Correct. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely wow. right. Wow. And cheering when they when you 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 can't mistake the sound of eighty thousand people applauding at the same time yeah. at the end of a at the end of a track. I mean, it was literally it was so it was louder than the band. I mean, of course it's going to be, but. It was just like, it was an experience I've I've never never really had, really. And we as humans need that connection. And I need to, as my basic purpose, to provide that connection for others. That's my role in this world. And I can't do it. And I've been unable to do it for 15 months. And everybody now is so disconnected. You get a lot of selfish idiots who can work from home still and blah, blah, blah. And I tell them I've not worked for 15 months. I've lost £55,000 in total. I can't do my basic purpose and, in connecting humanity and all I get is oh Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? What do you mean it's a shame? Why don't you spend an hour, see your computer, look up all the data, Look at the
0: statistics and actually get a brain. Grow a brain. Do you know what I I would ask these people if they had the the good manners to engage in a conversation? Question number one is, um, do you know anybody that's died of this? Invariably, no. Do you know anybody who (laughs) is intubated or seriously ill in ICU? Uh, Well, no. What are you worried about then? Oh, well, I heard. I heard there were lots of people ill, but you don't know anybody. And I don't know anybody either. I ask people in in, in my local park when when they engage mm. me. Do you know anybody who died? No. Anybody no. who nearly died? No. No. What do you worry? Just about a co- Just a common cold, mate. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. And, and, and that's all it is. And look, it does knock some people. For I mean, if I had it in January 2020, I might have had. It was a bad dose. Now you know it knocked me. It knocked me for six. But you know, you get over it, and and you're back on your feet yeah. in a couple of weeks, and and off you go. absolutely
7: i mean i've got i know for a fact that in birmingham uh, where i live that they are falsifying death certificates in hospitals i have three friends who are doctors senior doctors and and consultants who have literally had to go around the hospital and double check the death certificates because the trust gets over a thousand pound per covid death so junior doctors have been literally just labelling people as COVID deaths when they died of completely and utter other causes.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to argue with that because I know it to be true. We've talked about it on the yeah, program it before. True. It is true. No point in me yeah. saying. Have you any proof, Chris? We know it's true. So the incentive know, is to got- the incentive is to just add COVID. You know, guy fell out of a building, and and <laughs> in some cases it has been things like that accidents and people are tested and oh well he does have COVID so died with COVID. Within a 28-day period tested positive? Yes, but it was the uh, slapping his head into the uh, uh, <laughs> asphalt at 100 miles an hour. Uh, that's what killed him oh. and, and led to his you know, machine being turned off. Not the COVID, but it goes down as COVID. And you oh, know yeah. the annoying thing about this, Chris, was last year the Times newspaper... Fair mm. play to them. The Times actually told the truth last autumn. They said, "Oh wow. They said, "Oh dear." And well, they reported on a group of Oxford academics. A group of Oxford academics said, um, "Hang on a second, there, lads. We might be labelling tens of thousands of people as having died of COVID incorrectly." Mm-hmm. This is what pisses me off, Chris. Some of this information actually does make it into the MSM, but still, but still, the Muppets.
7: Yeah sorry sorry to interrupt you no Richard. no you hear, your show go ahead did did you hear about the uh in lisbon a few days ago well where they ruled there was seventeen thousand five hundred COVID deaths and they actually realized that it was actually 0.09 0.09 it actually,
0: uh, it's not the same court that um said that the pcr test was was on un, was unreliable i wonder i i must look i must look that up yeah
7: i i need i'd need to check that and i will check that later but um I, I thought that was fascinating yeah. because the debt on the UK is what, 120,000? Oh, so if that is on average 0.09, I'm not very good at maths. Um, that's
0: not very much. No, you're talking about a few <laughs> hundred people, really.
7: You are, yes, absolutely. And oh, the unfortunate thing about it is that I did want to bring this up, actually. but Bring it up. Um, yeah, is that some of my friends have committed suicide what? I wasn't
0: going to mention this. Now you mentioned it in the email. I didn't want to mention it in but, case it was too personal. So, so do you know what Richie?
7: I has to be... I'm going to bring it up because mm-hmm. it's true. And since March last year, I've literally had to sit on my phone and talk three people that I know out of killing themselves. And I've never ever done that in my life. And I never thought I'd ever be in a situation where I have to sit there and talk somebody out of killing themselves. I mean, what what planet am I on? Where am I? Because it, it ain't what it was prior to March 2020 at all. And what gets my goat even more is when people say things are getting better. People are waking up. No, they are not. I still see twats walking around on their own, outside walking their dog with a mask on. With a mask on, yeah. yeah. On their own. No one around them. It's not even government guidance.
0: 24 degrees here in Salford today. I was standing at my front door while the little one, Leah, was doing a wee. In the garden right mm-hmm. i'm watching her and i look across the street and there's a seemingly very young uh, woman with a baby in a pram it's boiling now and she had a, a muzzle on the woman out in the middle of the street nobody mm-hmm. around it's very quiet where where we live and i looked at her and i thought and then as i was looking at her i was thinking of some of our guests who said that this is devastating for the baby's development to see mum with the mask on or the muzzle on because the baby needs to be able to learn how to read from its mum's expression, how mum is feeling, what's going on. Madness, Chris. What do you say to again,
7: Well, again, we come to that human contact thing, don't we? It comes back to the human connection, which is what we thrive on and how we grow as humans, which has been the source of the attack, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it you is. You know,
7: yeah. two meter two distance, don't see your family, don't see your grandparents don't do anything, you know. Don't do anything that makes you feel human. Do the exact opposite, because we're going to dumb you down. And then we're going to prime you with a vaccine, ready for the next thing. And the agenda, I've got to be honest with you, Richie, I'm scared about the future. I, I genuinely am. Because you have youngsters.
0: Because, I'm scared because, as well, but it's worse for you, because you've got children. Yeah, children you don't have children, Richie, no? Know? No, no, I don't. No, mm, we'd we love to have mm. we, we never have had. We, we would love... Uh, I suppose, we, we, sometimes now we wonder... You know, maybe, mm. maybe I'll be better off. But, but no, that's given mm. into them. I'd love to have a child. And I think it's worse for, for people like yourself because you, oh, you obviously look right down the road and you think, how are my kids going to be? How are my youngsters going to be? How, how are they going to deal with this in the future? So I, I get that. It's definitely worse. For them. <laughs> it is,
7: it is a lot worse. I mean, I actually did a show about three weeks ago uh, in Durham and I took a picture of it and it was literally pig pens. People were gated off like sheep. It was to about maybe, I don't know, 200, 300 people. And there was COVID marshals patrolling, walking around, making sure people didn't stand up, making sure people weren't singing. And it was literally like playing in Soviet Russia.
0: The marshals were telling people to stay seated and don't sing. Yes. Jesus Christ,
7: Chris. Honestly, I was... I Actually, I couldn't even... Comprehend what was going on in front of my eyes. It was it was like living in in Soviet Russia
0: or, or something. If John it Bonham just, and Keith Moon were still around, they wouldn't get away <laughs> with it. Uh,
7: probably not. No, but um, unfortunately, you know, you can't you can't really say anything at the time because you're employed and you're 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 there to do a job. And and I did my job and I went home and uh, I was driving home and I was it, it was like having played on another planet. It must have been that, wretched for
0: you because you want to. Uh, you want to engage with that audience. You want to get right into their heads and, and, and them get into your head and you want that vibe. And they're sitting down and they're being told. I mean they're doing it, aren't they? They're telling people not to You had that idiot Kay Burley on Sky News last week oh. reminding people that watch the England game not to sing and shout during the game.
7: I mean, it's an absolute joke.
0: Do you think that do you, ab- do you think that's what it is? Do you think that Jeremy Beadle is going to walk out one of these days? <laughs>
7: Jeremy Beadle or, or Matt Hancock
0: or Matt Imagine. Hancock. Beadle might <laughs> th- all of the television channels might all go to one uh, feed, and it might be Jeremy Beadle going, "Ha, ah, there you are, now you muppets. Get back to work, you morons." I, you oh, know, no. I I take that now. I would take that to be honest. Uh, Beadle yeah. is not with us anymore, or, or the American version of Beadle, of course, Dom Delouise. Imagine yes, you doing but- that. Imagine you doing that gig, and there's guys going around saying to people, "Don't sing and sit down." Oh,
7: Absolutely. But Richie, I I really feel for the future of professional music because even though the government have pretty much guaranteed that the 19th of July is going ahead, they said that last time. Boris Johnson even said two days before the 19th of June, yes, we're going to open. I had 13 shows, £3,000 worth of work lined up, suddenly gone because Boris had the idea that he didn't want to do it anymore.
0: Gone.
7: I lost three grand.
0: All, like all my and then, fingers and toes are crossed for you and your friends that that at least through July and August and September, before they start talking about the winter, that at least you'll be able to get some work in. And I mean that. I mean, God, look, God, well, God love everybody in your situation.
7: Well, I do too. But then we've got climate change lockdowns, which I've been looking into recently. Mm-hmm. And that's getting scary as well. Mother
0: of God, Chris. Have you looked
7: into climate change lockdowns,
0: Richard? Yeah, funnily enough, I had a guest on last night's programme from mm. America who's uh, he runs a website called climatedepot.com and he's mm. he's he's all over the story, so he came on to talk about it last night. Yeah, it's a real thing, yeah. They're looking at using lockdowns in the future to offset climate change and to reduce our Correct. carbon footprint. Correct. Uh, Too
7: many carbon emissions in your zone, yeah. you can't travel now. Stay at home for four weeks till the carbon emissions reduce and then... Yeah. I, might, I mean
0: yeah the, go ahead sorry Chris go ahead
7: the thing is the problem is is that it's set a precedent there and unfortunately we've given away too much power and I, I fear that we are, I'm trying to be positive but I fear we won't get it back um, income tax was the same and uh, it was done by the king in order to uh, fund the war with France and it was supposed to be a temporary measure the king said to all the, all, the, all the UK please give me 20% of your income so I can pay for the war with France once the war's over We'll stop it and we've had income tax for hundreds of years ever since and I, I fear the same correlation with lockdowns I do
0: Is there a because, line in the sand for people? Now I'm not being naive but mm. might these lunatics overplay their hand? Might they take it a step too far?
7: Mm. Well here's what I think about that I already thought that they could not get away with what they've already gotten away with Yeah And people have literally laid down on the floor and just let it shuff them and and won't say anything about it. And that has absolutely astounded me. I mean, literally astounded me. So and they're just going to keep pushing. They're going to go. They're going to take it as far. But the line in the sand, I'm not sure where that would be. I think if furlough ends and they create more lockdowns and say, well, we can't give you any more money because we don't have any more money and the joblessness rises and poverty starts to set in, I think then that will be the line in the sand.
0: That might be it, yeah. I mean, we're, we're learning yeah. today that the furlough is gradually coming to an end. A lot of people are going to f- figure out their job is no longer there, and that's Correct. going to be a horrible experience for them, and I don't wish it on them. No more than I would wish it on you, even though you're alive to it, and and even though you've had the courage to fight against it, I I feel just as bad for the ones who who don't know. Yeah, maybe that'll be it. Maybe that will push them. We've got about I two minutes. Yeah. We've got about two minutes left, Chris. If there was anything else you wanted to add, mate, can I just say before you go, let me remind our listeners, uh, we've um, been listening to Chris Malin, very accomplished professional bass player, he's done it all really, Chris, played to massive crowds, he's worked with some top, top musicians, he's uh, written songs for Sony, for artists like Jamiroquai and for Kylie, Uh, obviously a lovely bloke I'm not just saying that Chris lovely to speak to you and lovely to read your email and I I hope to God mate that you get back out there pretty soon Uh, for selfish reasons Chris because it's killing me not to be watching Mm. live not to be out watching live events it's all we do Caroline and myself it's what we love and um, it's hugely important so thanks for your time mate I know we won't um, lose touch we'll stay in touch and if there's anything you wanted to say before uh, we close out the programme mate it's over to you
7: I just want to say that please try and keep the arts alive and please take artists seriously because the industry is is literally on its knees right now. It is literally on its knees. It's its last legs. If, if a full reopening doesn't happen on the 19th of July, uh, I don't know what's going to happen. It's not going to be
3: good.
0: Well, I meant it when I said that all my fingers and toes are crossed that it does at least for well, forever, obviously, but at least to give you some time to earn money, you and your colleagues. And fair play to you for being there for your friends at their lowest ebb and talking them down, mate. I've not had that experience. Many years ago when I did late-night radio, there was a young lady who rang me. She was in a bad way, but I was able to get her help. But I never had to do that, what you mm. had to do. And, and, I, and I know people have committed, committed suicide who you know. Chris, mate, all the best. I I, I, I really mean that. And do stay in touch with the programme. And thanks for listening to it. And thanks for um, for sharing your experiences with us mate I feel privileged that you have done that and I know it'll help a lot of people having heard that
7: I hope so I mean I, like I said I don't want to be negative I just want people to feel positive positive. Um, but we have to confront the reality of what's happening around us.
0: No doubt. And I'm going to close the program out with a John Entwistle uh, tune. I'm going to close out with a Who. <laughs> good with a, one. Good one. Well, of course, of course. One, one. I never saw him play with the Who. Believe it or not. Oh Maybe what an amazing
7: bass player! What an amazing bass he's, player! Do
0: you know? I, I dug him out because he's like you know. About, I I know nothing about the bass, but you do. Yeah, he's he is. Yeah. He, he's supposed to be one of the all-time greats, John well, isn't he? Yeah. Thunder fingers. Thunder fingers.
3: Easy
7: top five. Yeah. Thunder
3: fingers. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Absolutely awesome. Thanks for your time, mate. The best to you and your family and to your children and uh, come back when there's better news, Chris.
7: Oh, well, absolutely, Richie. No problem. Thank you for having me on. It's
0: been a pleasure. No, mate. The pleasure's been mine. Godspeed, Chris. Thanks for that. That was Chris Malin, folks. Uh, as I said, accomplished, very accomplished musician, performer, hired gun, really. He didn't mind me saying that, Chris. He's a hired gun. In other words, he's brilliant and some of the top artists in the world when they go on tour, they look for guys like Chris to uh, to back them, basically. And he's written songs for Sony as well. Uh, 55 grand, uh, just gone like that last year. And he's got a mortgage to pay. And he's not on his own. And thanks to Carol for sharing her story as well. Maybe when all of these people who are working from home are not working. Because they've taken money not to work. And, you know, this furlough thing. Which is basically the government borrowing 65 billion Pounds to pay people to do nothing, not not everybody to do nothing, but to pay a lot of people uh, to do nothing, maybe when these people when it dawns on them that there isn't actually a job when this allegedly free money runs out, maybe then people will take not take to the streets to 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 protest lockdown, which is a good thing i'm not knocking it, but will take to the streets to 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 do something about it. To put the run on on these tyrants, maybe. I hope so. Look, that's it for the programme today. Thanks so much to Chris Malin. Thanks to you for listening. I'll speak to you on Sunday morning for Sunday Morning Melodies, which is just a thing. It's a Sunday morning programme at 10 o'clock. For a couple of hours, I play some oldies and some not so oldies. We chat about the songs. You and me, we have a bit of a chat. It might not be your thing fair enough. If it is your thing, you can listen to it through RichieAllen.co.uk, which is my website. That's Sunday at 10 o'clock. Thanks to all my guests this week. You have a fantastic weekend and if you're an England fan I hope you do do well on on Saturday evening. I'll be watching the game myself. England versus Ukraine at uh, the Olympic Stadium in Rome I think where England fans can't travel. Don't get me started on that. Uh, We'll dedicate this one to Chris who's a top bass player. This is The Who with, of course, John Entwistle on the bass. This is The Seeker closing out Thursday's Richie Allen show. See you Sunday. Bye now.